Hello, my friend. Before we get into the Hairstylist Rising podcast, I have to tell you a secret. I just launched a brand new podcast called The Visionary Rising. You are going to love this new podcast if you're ready for beyond the basics marketing, business, mindset, and visibility for creative entrepreneurs, including hairstylists, educators, coaches, photographers, and online business owners. And Hairstylist Rising will remain a place where you can listen in on conversations with industry leaders, whereas the actual marketing and mindset lessons from yours truly will mostly exist over on the new show. So make sure you go follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Visionary Rising was born because I realized that although we come from similar backgrounds in terms of a lot of us being hairstylists, we need to stop seeing ourselves just as our job description and start seeing ourselves for who we truly are. In my community, I realized the thing we have in common isn't just the beauty industry. It's that we are visionaries, we are creatives with heart, we have so much purpose and a burning desire to make a huge impact. We want to build businesses that give us the lifestyles that we dream about and also start a ripple effect for our clients and communities. Now, here's the fun thing. I've actually created a bunch of bonus content for you, and all you have to do is hit subscribe on the Visionary Rising podcast over on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating so I can see what you think. Then just send me a DM and DM me a screenshot over on Instagram on the brand new page, The Visionary Rising, and we'll send your bonus goodies over. I am so excited for you to listen into this new show. We have just dropped three incredible episodes to celebrate our launch. So pause this, go check out The Visionary Rising, and we can get into today's episode. Hey there, welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Today we're going to talk about redefining your relationship with success and failure within your career as a hairstylist. We're going to talk about how to deal with and even see the opportunity when difficult situations arise in your business. And this applies whether you are a salon owner with a team, whether you're a commission stylist, an independent stylist. I want to talk about how you can look for the lessons and practice self-awareness even when things feel hard. We're also going to talk about setting healthy boundaries in your business and keeping the promises that you make to yourself. We are going to dive into balancing the time versus money conversation. And my special guest on today's episode, this is actually a excerpt from a live that I did with my friend and frequent guest on the podcast, Laura Simmons. She is a mindset and business coach for hairstylists and salon owners. And her approach to the way that you can shift your mindset to improve your business is a lot more strategy and a little less woo than you would probably guess from the description that I just gave you. So no matter where you fall on the spectrum, Lori and I are going to tell it like it is in this episode. So there's definitely some tough love mixed with some inspiration. And the goal here is to inspire you to really take ownership of your career and to think about the things that you can implement to get you closer to a career that brings you fulfillment and joy within your life. I cannot wait for you to hear this. So without further ado, let's get into it. 
you're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I am so excited to be here today. I am just waiting on my girl, Laura Simmons, we are going to be chatting all about mastering your mindset as a stylist. We're going to go deep on mindset advice. Sometimes, at least for me, I find that like mindset work can be a little vague, you know, like, okay, yes, I know that I need to do mindset work, but what does that actually mean? Yeah. A lot of the success that you and I share, and Jody and I both, even though we teach in different realms, we have very similar backgrounds to how we approach our, our courses and such. And the mindset is like the game changer be within the success that you're seeking. Yeah. So when it comes to really wanting to strive for success within business, because this is a lot of what we talk about, or within marketing, which has to do with business, you have to really like navigate your own mindset and, and get out what we call get out of your own way. But then also be at peace with like who you are, how are you like showing up? Yeah, knowing that like if you have this idea of like I want to make this much money or I want to really make an impact in the industry or I really have this desire to show up more on social media like you have to get out of your own way and make peace with those past limiting beliefs in order to do that and not be comparing yourself because I think that's the one thing I hear a lot from stylists is like the comparison is truly like one of the hardest things to navigate and if you were to look, what was I thinking of this morning? I was thinking of something. I think this had to do actually with um, my current program that I'm launching. And I was like thinking about another really well-known educator who's also doing a course. And I was like, who am I to be doing this? And if I were to sit in that space and not give an opportunity for people to show up and allow me to serve them, I would be doing a disservice for other people because we all have something to offer. And yeah. even the people that have been doing this for a long time struggle, I, I wholeheartedly believe, struggle with mindset, but it's getting better and getting good at navigating and being stronger with like the knowing of who you are and what you're going to do and why it's going to impact others, including your own life. So I just unpacked a lot in that little intro, but yeah, something I feel a lot of us struggle with. You know, and you said something there that was actually one of, so I've been really open about like my own struggles in this area. Cause like, I definitely was a little like late to the game when it comes to, you know, like maybe not late to the game. I don't think there's ever late, but it was, you know, only in the last, I'd say like five, six years that I've really gotten accountable and really dove into the mindset work behind everything. So one of the biggest things for me and one of the shifts that happened when it came to like believing in myself and, you know, achieving the things that I want to achieve is when I learned that everyone has imposter syndrome, like literally everyone think of the most successful person that, you know, and they probably struggle with feelings of like, 
am I doing enough? Is this, and you know, it manifests in all these different ways, but just like knowing that it's so normal and something that even the people that you, you know, probably put on a pedestal and are like, oh, once I've gotten where they are, then I'll believe in myself. It's still a struggle. So you have to build that self-worth and belief before you achieve anything. There's no deadline. Um, and yes. we just had a really great comment. I just want to share. So um, Serene Studio Creation said, I was literally having a panic attack last night about succeeding and suddenly freezing up now that I'm seeing progress. Yeah, that's called fear of success. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's, that's such a good thing to touch on, though, because like, yeah. that happens, right? It's not always, it's not always when things aren't working that these feelings come up. Sometimes it's when they are working. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I opened up a lot of my own teachings and what I, what I really share within what I coach upon are things that have worked and that are, that have been proven within my business. So I teach things that I know work. And within that, I've had massive success within opening and scaling a salon studio. And there's fear in that. And that sounds crazy to think like, why would you be afraid of success? Well, the thing of it is the higher you rise, like new level, new devil, you have a new set of responsibilities and you don't always feel prepared for what's to come your way. Yeah. And sometimes you can sabotage your own success because subconsciously, because you're afraid of like, oh shit, if I get to this next level, I have to really have more responsibility or I have to step up or I've got to show up in a different way. And then our limiting beliefs pop up and it's like, well, who are you to do this? And do you remember that one time when, and we start to doubt ourselves and then we sabotage whatever that future really looks like for ourselves. Yeah. And so that's when you have to get strong minded about, all right, I acknowledge you limiting belief. You're sitting here in the room with me, but like, that's not a truth in my current life or that doesn't have to be my truth moving forward. I can navigate this with a new set of tools because everything that I've learned has brought me to where I am today and everything I continue to learn is going to bring me higher and elevate me even better moving forward unless you choose to stay the same. You said that really well. And, you know, all of the things that are scary are like all of the success markers. I believe it's so subjective, but like those are all going to involve a little bit of risk, right? So like, you know, things like get achieving so much success that, you know, you need to hire help. You need to expand your team. You need to start investing in yourself on a deeper level. All of those things that are necessary to get to the next level are also trigger a lot of fear in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's different things when we're growing and learning. And I think most often we have the ability to learn what we don't know. And when you do that, that helps to breed confidence within self. Yeah. But the second part of that is like, you can still know the knowledge and still not feel confident. And I firmly believe the only way to help grow confidence, it's like a muscle. You have to take action and start using it. So yeah. start proving to yourself things that make you feel confident or do things that you know you're good at. And then you can start building self-trust. And you st when you start building self-trust with self, that's when more confidence starts to grow. I mean, there's still things that I do that are really uncomfortable. And I think the biggest reframe you can make is not telling yourself just because it doesn't work out means you're failing. It means like, okay, that approach wasn't probably the right approach, but I now know better and let's try it again. Like it's getting better at picking yourself back up and taking a second approach and knowing that that's just a great learning lesson. It's not failing. Yeah, because let's be honest, I don't have this like 
tribe of people following me around on social media waiting for me to fail and when I do they're gonna come attack me like that doesn't exist like my <laughs> friends don't think I ever fail no one ever thinks I fail right like it's only me and my own beliefs of what I dictate failure to be yeah. so it's reframing that failure isn't even really an option it's just like oh that didn't work out like maybe I lost money or maybe thing didn't like pan out the way I expected it to like that's okay like it's yeah. okay let's get curious about that and then figure out how to do it differently the next time totally I find it really helpful to go through like a worst case scenario so you're good like, you've talked about this before it's good yeah this is something that I do and I still do this so like you know, for instance, like I am expanding my team again, which is like always really exciting, but also scary. So I always go through like, what is the worst case scenario, right? Or like, you know, uh, Sophia just said, failure is part of the road to success. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that really helps me because I think sometimes, so for instance, let's use the example of hiring an assistant for a hairstylist, right? So worst case scenario is you hire an assistant you switch your systems a little bit to accommodate them and they leave or you have to fire them. When you actually work it through as the worst case scenario, in your mind, what you've probably built up is I lose everything. My entire business closes. I lose everything I've worked for. All of my money is gone, but that's not the facts. That's just like what you've kind of blown up in your head. So I find it really helpful to go through like, what's the actual logical worst case scenario. I guess you could include, they steal a few up steal. I hate that phrase, but like they, you know, leave and a few them. of your clients <laughs> follow them to their new location. And even that is like, you've gotten clients before you'll get them again. Yeah. Um, you know, that's same with price increases. You increase your prices, you lose a few clients, what are you gonna do? You're gonna get more clients. You're gonna focus on your marketing, attract new clients. So, you know, if you think about logically what is actually gonna happen versus this like strong emotional reaction that's just triggered by self doubt, then it makes things a little bit easier to take, I think, even risks. Like when I invest into a coaching program, I was like, worst case scenario is I spend this and I get nothing in return. Yeah. And that's. So the worst case scenario. <laughs> you know, it's funny, just to piggyback on that, the first time I invested in a program, it was like, I was literally like desperate for some solution and answer within my own life. And I like blindly invested into this particular program. It was $2,000, it's the most I ever spent in something that I didn't know what I was spending money on. Yeah. And I was asking my then boyfriend, now husband, I was like, what if this was a big mistake? So I felt this immediate buyer's remorse. Yeah. And he goes, Laura, even if you just took one thing from that program, that would be a win. Just one thing. If it changed your life, that one thing, it would be a win. You don't have to adapt everything. You don't have to put everything into motion. Just yes. one thing. And I'm like, that has changed my perspective on a lot of investments that I make. Because if we put, like, let's just talk about investment, for instance, as you touched upon that. If we put so much value into this investment and expect everything to pan out the way we expect it to, we're going to always be disappointed. Because there's no way, shape, or form that you have 
a class, a program. Even there's times that I've gone and done live workshops. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't really quite up to my expectation. But I did get out this new technique with how to paint balayage, right? The rest of it was okay, but that was worth it. And if you reframe your mindset to not expecting to have this perfect thing that you're investing in, change your life, which it should change your life. But if it doesn't, like, find what actually did make a difference and focus on that. And that, I think, will could be applied to all things in life. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's such a good point. And actually, that's funny that you said that because that's literally like the first thing that's the first thing I do in my coaching program. I'm like, what would a perfect result look like for you? Like, what's your actual goal with this? Because once people identify that, I think that it becomes, oh, okay, well, I did hit that goal, you know? So I think that that's maybe even a great exercise to go into any program, any decision, any, you know, anything in your business. If you think about like, Kate, hey, what's the one thing that I want to get out of this? Like, what's my primary objective? It allows you to measure things a lot more easily and not be so emotional. So let's go back to like scaling business with an assistant. I talk about that a lot. It's something that I've done in my own business. I teach it. And if you go into it, like you said, this expectation of painting this like dream it's called a fantasy like we all have fantasies of like if i hire this assistant all of these things are gonna change and she's gonna be with me forever my business yeah. is gonna grow and i'm gonna have all this money and then you hire your assistant with that expectation and you train her for three months or train him for three months and it doesn't work out and now this fantasy you painted is gone and you're like i'm a failure that's a failure what a waste of time and money i'm never doing that again i'm never putting my heart out there to help someone my walls are up but if you went into it thinking, I'm going to go all in on this, on this new assistant, and I'm going to give them as much as I can to help them grow. And I really hope that this works out within my business. And if it doesn't, that's okay, too. I know I can try again. Yeah. How different would your outcome be? Because now you've only set your expectations to a point of what, like, that's success, right? And anything yeah. beyond that is a fucking massive win. Sorry for the F-bomb this morning. If you guys follow me. <laughs> no, I, I like it. Fire it up. <laughs> I say it in a happy way. It's not, it's like a catastrophe. <laughs> um, but it's, it really does change everything within your life. And when you have that, those small tweaks with your mindset, success actually becomes so much more obtainable. Yeah, and it's one of those things, like you win or you learn, right? I know every time I've gone through something difficult in business, I think that not only does it prepare you better for the future, but I think that it's also an opportunity to get to find things within you and like learn a little bit about yourself. And like, it took me forever to admit this, but like I definitely, and now that I like talk about it, I'm still like, oh, like it, it still feels really vulnerable. For me to share this but I definitely in like my early to mid 20s was very much someone who would like blame so you know in a salon situation I'd be like oh like obviously this isn't working because my boss is crazy and like you know despite the fact that that was true in a lot of cases right it doesn't that's still gonna be true yeah <laughs> so and I'm not saying that it can't be you know a conflict that's not your fault I'm just saying that if you can actually you know, now if there's ever a conflict, I, I try to look at like, okay, what's my role in this and what can I learn from the situation? Yeah. And I think that instead of like getting really caught up in like blaming and getting angry and all of those things, like all of those emotions are fine and you should feel them. 
But I think also, like, if you can, like you said earlier, get curious and kind of explore things a little bit from a different perspective. Yeah. I know that's really helped me along the journey to, you know, develop a more resilient mindset and be able to bounce back a lot quicker from challenges that come up. Yeah, resiliency is really important. And I, I do feel like, again, just like confidence. So this is going back to say you're in a situation where you find yourself working for a business or even per se you're working for yourself but you do find yourself pointing the finger and like blaming clients blaming your boss blaming your colleagues blaming your landlord i don't care who it is it really helps to focus on what you have control over and learn their systems to the best of your ability to use them for your benefit yes. so i did this for 17 years i was a commission stylist I excelled in both salons. Call me an overachiever, call me perfectionist. I just really loved working and I loved doing well within the work I did. And that was just something that came easy to me. So I would learn the salon that I was working for and understand what they were wanting from me. And then I would like blow it out of the water because it was fun for me to achieve. Yeah, That may not be everyone's cup of tea, but I challenge you if you're in a position where you do feel like things aren't always working for me and this is why and that's why, like. Taking self-responsibility is step number one. And when you start to change what's in your own circle and not trying to change your experience that's happening around you or everyone else who's involved in that experience, everything begins to change and happen easily for you. That's like the power yeah. of manifestation right then and there is self-responsibility and what can I do for myself to change what is happening with my reality. You know, I just want to piggyback on that because it's important when you're in the role of like working for a business or any of those things, it is exponentially more important when you step into a leadership role. So if you can master that kind of self-awareness and the ability to focus on the things that you control, it's going to equip you so much for anything that arises when you know you you step into a position where you're needing support when you're scaling your business and you start to you know achieve the things that like everyone thinks it's going to just be easy and it's going to be over once you achieve the success but that to me oh. truly where the work began honestly yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely agree with you on that it's like Again, the responsibility gets so great when you start to achieve, but if you can learn to self-lead, you will have so much more skill sets to be a better leader for other people. Yeah, I think also that it allows you to be a lot happier because like, yeah. you know, if you're putting all of, like, if you're focusing on all the things that you can't control and that's the source of your unhappiness, there's literally only one way to change that and that's to get out of the situation. That's not always possible, right? Like, I, I mean, I think in an ideal world, we're all in, in situations that I think you should always work towards being in your ideal situation. But you know, if you're pinning everything on this person is the source of all of my anxiety and stress and frustration, and that's not a person that you can immediately remove, you are then subjecting yourself, you know, to all of that for as long as it takes to remove yourself from the situation. Now, I think that like, I'm not one for like toxic positivity or saying that you always have to be happy, but like, I think if you can, you know, master that part of your mindset, that accountability and focusing on what you can control, you're going to be able to pull yourself out of that and, and enjoy a lot more of your life, honestly. And it's not always easy advice to take. 
That's yeah. something I think self-awareness, that's, that's another muscle to build. It's practice. And self-awareness means you have to release expectations of other people's actions. Self-awareness yeah. means you have to really just continue to focus on what it is that you're striving to achieve, especially with emotions and feelings within your own life and positioning things in your life to support that as well, too. And that doesn't always mean removing yourself from the situation. It could be an option, but it doesn't always have to be the only option. Totally. So I think for people who tend to like quit things a lot or move a lot or whatever it may be, like you're only looking for something that probably doesn't even exist because you haven't made peace with ever that thing is with inside yourself. That was me to a T until I was like 25, like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I a like, lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people do that. My sister. Okay. She's not even a hairdresser. Love her to pieces. She has moved so many states, so many jobs, like everything, like every time there's a move, there's always this, oh, it's going to be better. And then yeah, not right. It's yeah. not, it's never better. I'm like, Hmm, what's the common denominator? Like what needs to change to make this a better situation for you? Sometimes it's not the move. It's actually it's, changing your own mindset. Yeah. It's going within. Absolutely. I love that. Like we're in a we're getting into a stage in, you know, our society where, we can talk about this stuff more, you know, and that's why I committed to being, you know, transparent and vulnerable. And I know you have too, because I think that that's something that, you know, like if I would have heard this conversation, maybe, you know, like 10, 12 years ago, I probably would have triggered something in me where I was like, damn, <laughs> is that yeah. what I'm doing? <laughs> or so it would be like, that's it. not me. They don't know what I'm going through. Yeah. You're right. I don't know what you're going through, but I have been through a lot and I do know what works. <laughs> Absolutely. So something that came up, how do I set healthy boundaries? Because my clients are consistently like, contacting me blowing up my phone not respecting things and right. that's really like to bring this around to how do we like take our conversation apply it to our business like that's a great example of being like all of my clients are crazy and they all contact me at like two in the morning and they have no boundaries and it's their fault well time to take self-responsibility what are you teaching them how are you mm -hmm. teaching them to treat you and if you're allowing them to have those boundaries overstep, they don't know any different. You have to teach them what is right and wrong within your business. Even if your business policies change, which they should over time, yeah. it's your responsibility as the leader to explain that and to be consistent with reminding people of what those policy changes are. Because you can't assume people know, like they can't read your mind. <laughs> Number one, they can't read your mind unless you're going to step up and truly self lead and lead your salon, whether you're an independent, whether you actually have a team, even if you work for commission, you still get that control within your business. And Absolutely. people have a really hard time using their voice. People get fearful of like, what if I upset my clients or I've never said this before. And it's, it's going to feel uncomfortable. Well, yeah, doing something different feels uncomfortable, Always. but if you're wanting to change your reality, you have to change how you, how you respond to it and what you're telling your guests. So that's just like one thing to take back into your business. What we just talked about is self-responsibility and what you're wanting out of it. And yeah. by setting those standards and having healthy boundaries, you're going to see a change in your business. Oh, that's so true. And you know, my friend Dawn, who was my first business mentor, actually, Dawn, she always talks about how like, it's not like we always think that there's going to be this like magical day that, um, you know, we set boundaries and everyone's just gonna be like, okay, and no one's ever going to push them. But it's like, just as much about what you do when people do push the boundaries, because it's easy to say, 
for example, if you're like, I'm only taking bookings online now, but you're like, oh, but you can text me or like you can DM me on Instagram or you don't even say that, but they do text you and you still book it. Then that's an example of like teaching people how to treat you and like, you know, it, the boundaries are only as good as you actually implementing them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so true. That's so true. You sometimes have to like set your own boundaries and respect your own boundaries yeah. as well too. <laughs> Another way of growing your self-confidence is to continue to make promises to yourself and keep them. And setting oh boundaries God. is really important. Like if you're going to set a boundary, like I'm not going to work more hours than what my scheduled hours are in the salon, yet you continuously stay an hour late here, come in an hour early there. You're not... You continue to break promises with yourself. And the more you break promises, the less you have self-belief in self. And then you have lack of self-confidence. And of course, you're going to get walked all over. So it's yeah. like, it's the simple things that we just don't listen to our own self. Like, we don't listen to ourselves very well. We either have been taught and trained to make it work, which I've been told that, oh my gosh, so many times from past salon owners, make it yes. work. It always makes it work, right? I'm like, yeah, my expense, like... That's not very fair to make it work on my expense. Um, or it's like, well, that's just what our industry does. I'm like, no, that's not what our industry has to do. And no. if other industries are doing that, that's not what I want for my business. So it's taking that and responsibility. I've seen you say, like, service doesn't mean servitude. And I think that's just like, like that right there is what all service providers need to understand. And yeah. like... Just, and I think you're right. It is, I think a lot of it comes from that old school mentality. But the thing is that like, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of responsibilities on business owners in the beauty industry. We've been through a lot collectively. Like, so it's really important, you know, just because like 20 years ago, people weren't as vocal about burnout and all of those other things doesn't mean that they're not really real. So like this whole idea of like, it's all about the client, like it is about the client and we need to make sure that we're giving them an amazing experience and all of those things. But like, there's equal factors in your business and you get to be that factor as well. I mean, it's all about them when they're in your salon reserving yes. the time set aside for them. Yes. But when exactly. it's outside of the salon, it's not all about them. Like if you think about your client list, it can be anywhere from 150 to 300, depending on how many clients you see a year. And if you're trying to keep up and, and take care of 300 clients outside of business hours, you're never going to have time in your life. Um, yeah. so you, you really do have to understand, like, <laughs> what are you really responsible for? And, ex and to me, like a world-class experience while you have time reserved for me. Yes. And then anything outside of that, like, you have to be like very, like, you have to communicate really well and really clearly about what you're needing from your clients and what you can actually give them. And once they understand those expectations, they stop pushing the boundaries a hundred percent especially if you like st stand behind them. And then it's just getting new clients in your business and then letting them know upfront what those boundaries are. And they also respect them. And if they don't respect them, then they're not a good fit. And you just don't, you don't yes. rebook them. You just work them out of your business. <laughs> exactly. And this, this goes for marketing. This goes for when you're running your business. It's not about having all the clients. It's about having the right clients. And yeah. like another thing too, that I think is important from a mindset perspective. And then also from a like, 
communication perspective is stop apologizing for your boundaries. Oh, it hell yes. You, I say that every oh, time, every time. Yes. It's this energetic state that we put ourselves into. I think that's like, that's why I feel it's like a mindset thing as well. Because when you're saying, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, then you feel sorry and you feel bad. Whereas if you're like, okay, no, this is where I have availability or this is what I can do for you, then it becomes less of like a, an icky feeling for you. Yep. So something that we're having to do in our salon right now We've had a couple clients move, which has been helpful to open up spaces for new clients, but we still don't have the capacity to bring in a lot of new clients and consistently right. book them. So I've been talking with my assistant and what we strategized is that new clients that can get in, because there's some openings, yeah. when they come in for their appointment, we say your next, what we'll say is our next available appointment for you will be, and we tell them the date yeah. versus saying, when do you want to come back? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm booked. So like, right. it really changes the approach. It yeah. makes them like, if someone needs to be a four weeker, like for my business currently, I don't have the space for that. Yeah. But if they're wanting to come in and have a more flexible experience and I have the flexibility to offer that, then yeah. that's a good matching fit. Yeah. I'm not going to bend over. I'm not going to add more hours. You know, some people say, oh, well, you're going to lose out on money. Well, I'm also going to be saying yes to more clients and no to more of my, my own time, which is so yeah. valuable. So you have to kind of think about it that way too, just because seeing more people does bring more money doesn't always mean it creates a happy life. So success Whoa. to me within your life yeah. is balance of like happiness and joy. And yes, hair is a huge passion of mine, but I also yeah. love like reading and yoga and friend time and t date nights with my husband. Yeah. And if I'm constantly working, where the heck is there going to be time for any of the fun that I really like to do outside of working hours? Well, absolutely. And I mean, I think the thing is too, that because our industry is so heavily based on creativity and passion and, you know, all of that, like, it, I don't believe that you can show up as your best self if you are burnt out from working. Like, you can always work more hours. Are you going to actually build more sustained income, though, if you're not able to show up for the people that are, that are you know, in your chair in the same way because you're so burnt out? Yeah, it's going to have a different set of boundaries within their business of what works for them and what doesn't work for them. Yeah. So could we teach a list of like healthy boundaries? A hundred percent. Like I think basic healthy boundaries are going to be really understanding what salon schedule works for you, sticking yeah. to it and not going beyond that, even though clients want to come in. I really firmly believe that you really need to honor and respect that schedule because you set it for a reason. Secondly would be forms of communication. So making sure that you're very black and white about how clients can communicate with you so you don't feel overwhelmed outside of working hours. Third would be, I feel, oh my gosh, there's like so many going on in my head right now. I think as well with clients is setting expectations as to your appointment times and what you can actually provide for them during the services. So like in-service expectations is really helpful so you don't set yourself up for failure with client appointments or your over promising under delivering yeah. like boundaries in itself are there to help you have a good experience with your client and they leave happy and they're not frustrated and disappointed to so challenge you to think like what are things that have come up in my business within the last month that are frustrating me so triggers within your own business or triggers that you're noticing are boundaries being crossed so if you take note of certain things that you're like i just can't believe or this always comes up and creates anxiety, yes. write a list out. 
And those are probably going to be your own boundaries that you need to start reevaluating because they may be different than mine. And I think that when you acknowledge them, then you can start changing them and setting healthy expectations with them. I love that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. We have covered so much today. We've talked about redefining the way you think of success and failure, how to deal with it, and even see the opportunity in difficult situations. I hope that you are going to start looking for the lessons and practicing some of that self-awareness within your business. It's not easy, but it's 100% worth it. We've talked about setting healthy boundaries inside of your business and keeping the promises you make to yourself, as well as balancing the time versus money conversation. So I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Come send me a DM at It's Jody Brown. If you want to find Laura and see what she's up to, you can find her at I am Laura Elizabeth on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us, and I will see you same place, same time next week. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.